This podcast is an extension of our dramedy pilot, Bags, currently available on Vimeo. Can we cuss? <laughs> this is our podcast! <laughs> I'm a money bags grave digger. <laughs> We're going from living to thriving, okay? We are on that journey. Ain't nobody gonna stop us. Welcome to another episode of the Bag Behavior Podcast. This is a crossover episode with the one and only Jaynola-ism podcast host, Jasmine. I had my first podcast interviews like in freaking, God, 2017 or something like that. Yeah. And you in New York and it was literally electrifying because we just got to be ignorant together and I think that out of everybody I just really enjoy being ignorant with Jasmine <laughs> as a as elaborate as well as I articulate the word ignorant people probably don't think I get as wild as I do because I have many shades but let's see who shows up in this interview <laughs> I feel like I bring out your best worst self. And that is something that I hold very near and dear to my heart. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset that I bring out your best worst self in you. I think I, not, you are always a hundred percent real, but I think I bring out your raw realness. You do. And I love the, I just love harassing Jasmine. It's, it's a similar relationship to what I have with um, Aria. Like maybe you got, for me, honestly, I feel like you guys were like older sisters. You guys were a year older than me in high school. I like to be annoying to you and poke at you and, and learn from you guys. So I still do that. I just FaceTime Jasmine and she didn't answer. So I harassed her on social media. Um, I don't care. <laughs> And then I'll call her back because I'm like, let me just call her back because she's not going to stop. Yeah, that's the kind of relationship that we have. It's going to be so fun to unpack. We're going to be interviewing me and we're going to interview Jasmine. So it's a host on host little I love it. going, which is going to be fun. And hopefully we'll give you all an opportunity to know us in a different way than you did with our other episodes. So, Jasmine, I'm going to just start it off with Jay Nolaism. Tell me about the show and why you created it. So, I feel like you've known me at this point. I don't even know how many years, but just for a very long time. So, I've always definitely been into pop culture, celebrities, been my thing, and then also Bravo. Bravo has been like my source of, I hate calling it a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty that I, I'm not guilty about enjoying that. But I feel like that's the best way to describe it, I guess. But so when I started my podcast, because I had a blog in college that when everyone was kind of doing the fashion blog thing, I like tried it, but it just wasn't me. So then I kind of used my blog to just talk about either celebrity style or award shows, what was going on, and then recapping episodes. I would like recap The Bachelorette and all this other stuff. And if you follow me on any type of social media, I have a lot of thoughts and I talk really fast and I ramble. 
and sometimes things don't make sense. So I felt like no one was really reading my blogs because they didn't make sense or I was cutting them short. And I was like, I feel like I'm half-assing this because I'm not really giving everything that's in my thoughts. So then I started the podcast, I transferred the blog to the podcast. And then I just felt like I got to really say everything that was on my mind. And yeah, that's how it started. That's definitely how it started. It's definitely gone in a lot of different directions since then, not in a bad way, just like realizing like, mm, I don't really wanna talk about that or I wanna talk about this or thinking, I think we've always been taught like, oh, you can only do one thing. So I felt like if I only talked about reality TV and celebs, I couldn't talk about like other things going on. And I remember like in the first few episodes, maybe it was like when Trump was running or it just won. And I was like, I'm not going to talk about politics all the time, but I just want to like, and I was like really nervous to bring that up on there because I didn't want people to not listen. And then now that I'm here in this space and older and I don't care. So it's like, I'm still going to talk about how I think Kelly Dodd is a racist and then I'll loop that into politics and then I'll go back in to my housewife stuff. Girl, and it's, you know what it is with you? It's the personality. It's the personality. It's not yeah. about what you talk about. It's about what does Jasmine think about this? And you've yeah. created that brand. So I really appreciate it. Um, my favorite thing is the headlines. Like, like it's the headlines, it's the headlines for, me. for me. It's the headline stories for me. So basically everyone, this is what Jasmine does, which is one of my favorite things that I see on Instagram because it keeps me literally in the loop. Like I literally don't follow other accounts or have them show up in my effed up algorithm other than Jay Nolan <laughs> and her highlights. So basically what will happen is, you know, you saw what happened with Portia and Fallon's man, which is no longer Fallon's man. Mm. But we'll get a screenshot um, or like a headline article on Jasmine's story. And then we'll have her, comments about it and it'll be like one to three paragraphs perhaps <laughs> hilarious line and most of the time it's the first time I'm seeing this news but the take that she has on it is always an entertaining spin so I feel like for me this this is not your life is not my life but what I see is definitely like an entertainment news commentator like with a real mic really on those red carpets not necessarily like begging people for the interviews and stuff more of a like cool role where it's like a show <laughs> a side show at the yeah. award shows and things like that but I totally 100% see you as that in the future and I feel like your podcast is like creating that space for people to understand and look to you for that type of commentary I Love that. And it's so funny that you say that because just maybe like two weekends ago, I went out for my friend's birthday and some of her other friends that I know, but like, those are her friends and they all brought up the headlines and they were like, you are literally my source of news. And I was like, stop. And I didn't realize, like, I joke and I, and I'm not, no, I'm not famous. No one knows who I am, but it does feel nice to know that like, I'm not just literally typing and my stuff is out in space. It is a nice feeling to know that, okay, like I am typing this and people actually, because I type that and I really am like, people are probably like this. Like just, that's what I think, but I just, I don't care. So I'm still going to do it. So it does feel nice when someone like you or anyone else that follows me tells me like, no, I actually like sit and read everything you say. 
and I don't really follow those type of things. So I just follow you. And even though I feel like I have a very intimate space, like I only have like 300 followers, but I like that because I'll still have people. I had one girl who I think I went to high school with. I can't even think of her name right now. Like we definitely went to high school with her, but I posted about something. I think it was like Giselle and Tom Brady and that I never knew he was dating some, this other late, the girl who was on Sex in the City. And she was like, oh yeah, I knew all about this. And she like sent it to me and was like telling me T that I didn't know. And a lot of other people do that too, which I love because it's like a conversation. Okay. A, yes. People are going to, people are going to continue to think about you in that way and either look to you for tea or bring tea to you so that you can share the tea with everybody else. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that's only going to grow. But the other thing that just popped in my head, that's so funny. Like I literally take notes from you. I can't keep up on social media the way that you do. I just can't do it. Like I just can't do it. I, that's, wanna... I think I do such a bad job of keeping up. So that's a compliment from you. Thank you. I try to. But it's hard. I think that you are extremely consistent. Um, and that's, I'm not, I'm not shading myself, Kadian. I'm not shading you. It's okay for you to not be on stories as much as Jasmine. We can't all be Jasmine. But what <laughs> I say is the other thing that's so funny is you, you, first of all, do an incredible job of letting us in on your life. Like, you make so many jokes about Robbie, it freaking... <laughs> me i'm like jasmine does robbie follow you <laughs> he does but he's someone that taps through okay he taps through yeah because i'm like okay because the the jokes that you're making i'm like dude this is too funny i feel like you definitely have a future as one of those like reality tv show specials like <laughs> give you you know they we just watch your family because y'all are just that funny like the lady i can't remember her name she was it's a black woman and then she has like two adopted girls and one white husband oh that new show on usa network i haven't watched it yet but i've been the the um and she has like a gay assistant or something right and he's hilarious hilarious i've only seen like clips on either tiktok or just like the commercials and I've been dying to watch it because they look hilarious. I love people like that. I love the Chrisleys. Uh, Todd Chrisley is hilarious to me. Um, and we all know my, the person that I want to be most in the world is, I mean, Joan Rivers. So. I, okay. <laughs> I have no thoughts on that. <laughs> it's just not be her, but her, I love, and I mean, I know a lot has changed since Joan Rivers was doing comedy and like things have really changed with cancel culture and things like that. But I have always, the thing I loved most about Joan Rivers wasn't like that she was a fashion commentator, was that like she said what she said about anyone and no one was safe. Like it wasn't like she was making black jokes or like she would come for anyone and everyone. And it what no, I don't think I ever, as I mean, I'm black, but I, I don't even think like people have even brought it up. I mean, she's dead now, so I don't know why they, they would, but I feel like she's made a lot of jokes that like now would be considered racist, but I never even took it that way. Not that I make racist jokes, but it, she had a way of saying things that like you couldn't help but laugh. And she was so honest, like, and people would be on her show and she would basically tell them that their outfit was trash. And that's what I loved about her. It was like, she didn't really like lick your butt because you were sitting next to her and giving her this interview. It's like, if you look a mess, I'm going to tell you. Still love you. We'll buy your music, but 
you look like crap on the red carpet last week. No bias, nobody safe. No. And you know what it is? Like, that's exactly what comedy is. Cause you, you know, in some ways you're a comedian. I'm not even gonna hold you. Like you're 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 not a comedian. Okay, don't get but, me. No, I think I have I'm trying I was listening to another podcast um that someone was on and someone told her she was like he was like, I know you're not a comedian, but and she was like, I think I just have um a sense of humor. Like I and I don't think people have that anymore. So it comes off as like I'm a comedian or like I'm trying to be funny when it's like, no, I just have and I think I also have a dark sense of humor. And I'm very sarcastic. Extremely sarcastic. It's yes. the it's the posting Ariana Grande and her man and saying, I give it eight months. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not like I'm getting on a mic and I'm giving you hardcore jokes or but- making fart jokes calling out Hannah Burner because you're not funny sorry um it's yeah so it's like it's just it's a certain like avenue of comedy that's very unique to you um but yeah when you you just like you're you're having a wedding Mm -hmm. um Mm. by the time this podcast comes out I feel like it'll be actually the wedding wedding yeah it will be 100 percent yeah (laughs) and you have let us in on that whole journey like literally you'll get a photo of somebody who kind of looks like you maybe Meghan Markle something like that and write commentary like based on the expression of Meghan in that photo commentary will be about your wedding and then the next photo will be using Mike from Housewives of Atlanta and and acting like that's Robbie and he's like sitting there confused doesn't know what's going on and it's just like slide after slide after slide you'll go through 15 slides of just like basically roasting your own self and your and your own family in a way innocent roasting but yeah it lets us in to who you are what's going on and I just love the way that you do it because it's just so unique to you none of it feels fake or forced and I love that I just can't be someone that I'm not And even when I do, like when I'm not consistent on social media or like the podcast, it's because like, I don't feel like I have, I'm not in the mood to record or I don't have anything to say. And what I'm not going to do is like force it. So when like I'll randomly post like, oh, I'm fine. I'm back. It's like, I don't even give an excuse because the excuse, there is no excuse. It's just like, I had nothing to say. I felt like I wasn't in the mood. Maybe I was going through something and I just wasn't going to make myself be in a mood or say things that I didn't even think of or try and be funny because then I think that's when like the little followers that I do have will be like yeah unfollow or that's when people start tapping through and it's like "Mm, fakeness I don't want it and that is what I don't want it's um it's quality over quantity yep sure uh I just talked about that so much yeah I just had this conversation with um another social media person she's she's not a social media person she is a digital creative she's a writer she's an artist and she was just discussing you know how sometimes you just don't have an idea sometimes it takes you a week sometimes it takes you two weeks but it's better off that way because the one thing you do post pops off because you really said something first two straight weeks of you talking shit and nobody cares and now your algorithm is down to zero because it's crazy like I have posts that get like, girl, first of all, let me just get into this algorithm for five seconds. Please. Go for it. Because I have something to say. I want to hear it. I freaking posted. 
I don't even know what I posted. I think it was about European colonialism. Because <laughs> you know me, y'all, I'm a radical. And I'm only a radical because those are the words that the English language gave me. We'll to call, yeah, to call yeah. yourself. But I posted something about that and then, you know, posted, you know, a bunch of random regular stories about information about things I want to talk about, maybe like seven posts on my story or whatever. In 24 hours, I promise you, I don't think I broke like 100 views. I think I remember something around like 85 views on my freaking story. I have like 8,500 followers and I got 85 views. Now, boom. The next day, I, I, I beat my face. <laughs> and I post one little angle selfie whatever and I'm like I'm just I wrote my words upside down like I'm just checking in is everybody there blink twice if you're there why did I nearly break 650 views on my story I was like well I get it I'm fine so I'm not even insulted I get it but it's just like, damn. So I had to take advantage of that wave. The next slide, I was like, all right, let me talk about bags. Let me promote this podcast. Let me do this, this, this. Because clearly, like, people are ready to click to the next thing. Because now nearly 700 people have seen this. But yesterday, I couldn't even break 100 views when I wanted to talk about something that was important. Anytime you want to break down something that actually means something to society, you know, you have to do it in a way that's like pocketed and hidden so that you don't lose views and lose engagement in the algorithm. Yeah. Um, I hate the algorithm. I think it's BS. I don't understand how my story now, I never have an issue with people looking at my story as I knock on this glass table, but I always have an issue with my likes. So what I don't get is how I am getting 600 to 700 views on my story, but when I post a photo, I get a hundred likes. I it mean, doesn't make sense. It, it just, I'm not, and I don't know if people now aren't, so the, what I thought about is, was like, okay, are people not scrolling anymore? And are we just watching stories? But also I've noticed, uh, I think it changes the algorithm, changes, um, I won't say weekly, maybe like bi-weekly, but there will be like at least 10 people that are always on my story. And there's just one influencer that I follow that I love. And I've been following her since college. And she goes in and out of always being on my, like, I'll, like I think just the other day, I was like, I haven't seen her on my thing. And I went and she, I hadn't even seen her like on my, like her post. I didn't see her stories or her regular post. And I went and there were like eight things that I missed since like middle of May. So I don't know how it works on Instagram because I always like her stuff. I always look at her stuff. So it's not like I stopped looking at her or anything like that. I think they choose, they just mess with it. And they're like, eh, they click a button and, and everything just jumbles up. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, I blame Mark Zuckerberg. I think um, he is the spawn of Satan. And, you know, I said what I said. Mark Zuckerberger. <laughs> he bought Instagram and it crumbled. I mean, it's still the highest social media platform, well, TikTok right now, but it's still up there. It's not, it hasn't fallen, but it's like the problems that it has, has been since Facebook bought Instagram and they collided and did whatever they did. It's all, it, it goes down randomly. Things don't make sense. They're adding new things that nobody asked for, that nobody wants. 
it, it's kind of like I said this to my manager at work yesterday because he was saying Instagram is low-key um he thinks it's t- like tanking and I was like it's kind of like bring it on where like the black girls did something cool and then the white girls take it and to their larger audience or something and try to make it you know something that it's not but it doesn't feel authentic it doesn't vibe well like and every that's- tiktok um <laughs> influencer you mean addison ray anyone addison ray can you hear me literally it's 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 exactly that because they have the resources to just grab things pull up like and 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 you know kind of have a monopoly over social media but none of it feels like the authentic experience that people are looking for we just feel forced to participate (laughs) i i agree with everything you just said there's nothing i mean i i hate that because i love instagram um, but I just don't know. It doesn't make it fun anymore when I can't see what I want to see. I'm missing things, especially stories that go away. And like a post is different because you can always see that. But I, and I do think people are posting a lot more to their stories because for some reason posts are just not getting seen. But then, I mean, I follow a lot of people, so I don't have time to sit through all those stories. It's easier for me to scroll also if you follow if if someone's like me and they post a lot on their stories like it's a lot and that's why I realize it too I've tried to like stop posting as much but it's so hard I'm such a sharer it's my one um con in life is like I think I shared too much honestly I mean but I think it's a part of my brand (laughs) exactly I think it's a part of your brand I know you differently than other people. I've known you since high school. So I kind of have a different perspective than an audience member, like someone who really came up just following you for your on Instagram. Yeah. So I have a different perspective. So for me, it doesn't feel like you're sharing too much because I knew this stuff or I'm getting updated on things that I knew. But I guess for other people or for you with new audiences, I could see that. Yeah. With all the funny things that have happened that I've experienced through watching your stories and being led into your life in that way, I want to know if there's any highlights or funny things that have happened on the podcast just over the course of you, you know, having it. I mean, a lot of funny things have happened because I've, I only, I've, well, not only, just recently I started kind of bringing on people I don't know, but half of, if not most of my guests have been friends. So I think every episode has a funny aspect to it um, or a funny moment. I will say I've, for myself, what I've noticed doing it so long that I blacked out when I talk a lot. So I will even listen back. There was something I said. I did a podcast with my friend Alexa and we talked about Hayden and Pan- Panettiere and it was like when her boyfriend was, it came out that he was really abusive to her. And I ba- don't remember this until I listened to it back because I was editing it and I told Hayden Panettiere, not that she listens, how to kill her abusive boyfriend. 
and how she could get away with it. And how she could get away with it. I have to listen to that episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it, it's like little things like that where I'll go back. Um, oh, or when I blacked out recently doing a Real Housewives recap and did my Margaret voice when she says ice, when she said iced coffee for like five minutes straight and I imitated her. I was like, iced coffee, iced coffee, iced coffee. Do you want iced coffee? Iced coffee. I have a cold brew, cold brew, cold. And I just went and it, I'm not kidding. It had to be like a minute long of me saying cold brew and iced coffee. Things like that for me personally is what makes me laugh when I listen back because I seriously don't remember saying those things until I listen to it back, which I like because it is my real thought process and and honestly if you have known me long enough and I think you do that is how I talk on the podcast is how my mind works it's chaotic in here it's not okay it's literally so unfiltered and rapid it's a stream of consciousness and honestly I'm trying to get there like I feel like I'm very filtered a lot of times and I'm consciously working like literally I do a practice exercise I have an exercise book okay of fixing my personality. I'm just putting <laughs> That's the harsh way to put it. That's the harsh way to put it. But I'm an actress, so I have to be able to express myself comfortably and I have to be able to do that constantly. And I have created like, you know, like virtual walls. Like I just don't, I just stop myself. Like stop, 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 stop talking, stop talking. Don't let this person in. Don't make this joke. Don't say this comment. You have the right answer, but don't say it. And I'm working on stopping doing that. And that takes a lot of undoing and practice because it's a habit I built over 27 years. So your stream of consciousness may be turning into you being um, an accomplice in a murder, but... <laughs> hello if she listens she got out of that relationship also just update she is she put out a restraining order and she is no longer in it um which is also other advice i gave to her to leave um but i said if you weren't going to leave if you're too scared this is what you should do all she had to do was watch a lifetime movie honestly all i told her was anything i've seen on a lifetime movie so it's fine Honestly, I had no idea about that story. I mean, I'm sorry to her, but I'm glad that she's gotten out of it. It's it's more common than um, I would like to be true, but I'm happy that she got out of it. But yeah, you know, being able to just free yourself verbally like that is is really cool. That's why you have a podcast. Um, and those moments are hilarious. I'm about to definitely watch, or not watch, good God, where am I? Where am I? I'm definitely going to no, speak it into existence. We, I'm, I'm working on things and we are, so no, you spoke it into existence. Don't change what you said. Yes. Cause you did tell me that you, you were, we were discussing like, you know, if you should move forward into video um, with your podcast and everything like that. So tell me about the future. What are you thinking are the updates for Janeolism? So I've wanted to get on video for a long time. Talk to you about it. I feel like I've talked to, a lot of people about it that I like care about their opinion, people I care about their opinions, not everyone, but it's just been something that I've one been told to do. I feel like you've told me to do it. Um, I had a girl on the podcast, uh, 
during the summer and she it was a random girl and she could read off energies and she literally had me sobbing but we didn't record the part it was after we recorded and I was crying and she's like I just get this feeling that you're really insecure about something she was like and I don't know what it is she was like but I'm telling you you don't need to be insecure about it at all and you just need to do do it so when I explained it to her she was like oh no she was like you need to be 100% on video she was like there's no doubt in my mind and again this was last summer so we're in this summer so it's taken me a while but like I said, if I can't give something 100%, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, I'm getting how I want it to look and chairs and things like that. Um, so I can't give a date, but it is coming because everything's on back order. Um, so, but I do definitely want to do video. I'm still going in between whether it would just be like on IG, if I'm giving it, are people still doing YouTube, you know, like... I feel like if I can't give like a legit YouTube page, then I, is anyone really going to go to a YouTube page? Absolutely. Um, it's because Instagram is your number one form of marketing. Trying to get people to switch platforms is difficult. It can happen, but when they do make that switch, what are you bringing them to? It better be solid. And what am I taking them away from? Like, are you now not going to listen to the podcast because you know that I'm going to post breakups on youtube so maybe i just keep it where like i give you your my breakup my breakdowns like a quick little five minute thing not even maybe two minutes on ig and then you have to listen to the podcast and like i'm stopping it i'm definitely gonna like feel bad about this but like not giving you a full story and making you want to come to the podcast because then i'm just losing followers and things like that if I'm just going to give you everything on a new platform where you don't really have to do the work to go to my podcast yeah you're going to be splitting the engagement which is mm -hmm. not what you want to do mm -mm. you gotta you have to think strategically off the top of my head I don't know the answer but you definitely have to think strategically about how you you show up but I do think that visual just is the most celebrated you know media. I think people also if for the people that know me always say like your facial expressions, especially when I have guests on, like when someone's saying something or something like that, like I can't hide my facial expressions. So I do feel like a video would be a nice thing to have, but then I'm scared because I know if I watch back, I don't know if that will change. Like if I see that, I'm like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Or I sh my face shouldn't look like that. So I am a little nervous because I know me. And I mean, anybody, it's not even me. Everybody's like that. You watch something in back and you're like, oh, that's terrible. So, but I'm going to do it. We can surely transition into talking about bags a little bit more. I just had a really great meeting with my co-founder of the brand about the future for this summer and the things that we're bringing into the this the bags world i guess girl i don't know i don't have no words y'all i need some cereal i'm freaking hungry i'm not gonna lie i'm starving <laughs> i've been I love it. i have not slept well first of all it's a full moon for sure, because people are arguing. Let me just get messy for a second, okay? Because I just get want messy. First of all, I can hear my neighbors through my bathroom. It's a couple with a baby. And I always hear them, like, never anything too crazy. But yesterday, they were arguing with each other, yelling for, like, 30 minutes straight. 
and I always see the mom with the baby and she always has like this tense, angry energy. And then whenever I see the dad, he's always like, oh, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Like hold the door for me or whatever the case may be. And I heard them arguing and I was like, I hope, I couldn't really tell if it was coming from their apartment because it was, I heard it through my window. I was like, I hope it's not that couple with that baby. Then I go to the elevator and I see them, I, I see the dad with like tears in his eyes holding the baby getting in the elevator. Yes, girl. So I was like, good God, it's full moon energy for sure. Then this morning, seven o'clock in the morning, I hear And I'm like, I woke up out of my sleep. Like, is someone at my door? It was the, it was one of my neighbors. I don't know if it was that same couple arguing or who, whatever, but they were like cursing in the seven o'clock in the morning. All the dogs in the neighborhood are barking out of their freaking minds. My heart rate is on 10. Cause I literally, it really sounded like it was at my door. And so it's just been a mess of energies this morning. So that's probably why like some of my ish is like off because I haven't even settled. Like I haven't slept well. And then I got up and I got straight to it. Meeting, podcast, do, 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 do. But regardless, I still feel good because like I said, I'm working on this brand that I love and putting my energy towards things that I care about versus things that I don't care about just for money. And I'm investing in my future. So, so let's talk about it. Let's get into it. I'm so excited. We've been talking about doing this for such a long time. Robert, he's a jerk and just slammed the door. I told him I was recording, but it's fine. Um, he like literally waited till I hit unmute and then boom. Um, <laughs> but so first, my first question for you is just obviously just a general, general question, but what made you want to start bags? Just period, like the, from the get-go, not even you know, the podcast form of it, just like the whole platform that you are now creating? I wanted to start bags because the pilot episode really was just my original form of creation. I've always been a storyteller. I've always made my messages creative. And what we talk about in the pilot is Essentially, my character, Zora, is a um, property manager. Oh, my God. My character, Zora, is a property manager. And she has a tenant who's super obnoxious and leaves her garbage outside in the hallway for someone else to grab all the time, which I actually have a real neighbor who does that. And you know, I'm getting the complaints because I'm the property manager. So I go up to her. It's another black girl in the building, the only other black girl that I know. And I'm like, hey, girl, could you throw out your garbage? You know, we would love it if you could be considerate of other people for five fucking seconds. She slams the door in my face, talking to me like I'm some kind of fool, X, Y, Z. So what the main thing was for me was, you know, as minorities, as women positioned where we are in America, no, we don't have to be best friends. I don't even think that's fair to make people feel like they have to show up a certain kind of way. But because of the understanding that I would hope we have of each other's lives as Black women, I find it to be important to treat 
each other with respect like show up for that sister like come on help her out come on so that's what i'm talking about in the episode and so what happens is hilarious it's a comedy so of course you know it's a lighthearted way to express that message but i felt like that message could go further than that pilot episode so i decided to expand from that episode to a brand where i have a community online we host conversation, host events. And in the meantime, in between time, we also sell products um, so that we can continue to sustain the message and the brand and ideally get to a point where we have enough money to make a series. That episode is just a standalone. It's a pilot. It's a proof of concept. And what I wanted to do was sh like show the idea, but I don't want to do it a disservice by continuing to do episode after episode after episode because I frankly can't afford it at the level that I would want to do it at. So that's why I expanded. I expanded for two reasons. I want to keep the conversation going that I started in the pilot and I want to make a community that I support black women in and give them an opportunity to support me so that I can then continue that story creatively. You're such a beautiful storyteller. <laughs> um, so the feed, how has the feedback been from just your first pilot standalone episode? Were you, did you get any feedback? Did you, were you excited about the feedback? Were you nervous, you know, and what did you also think about, because we always critique our work. What did you think about it? Like, what was your feedback for yourself? My feedback for myself, okay. I guess I'll start with myself because it's the first thing that I'm thinking of. I was like, you did that. I did that. It was hard, Jasmine. And I, I watched it three times. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it because it was a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, the actresses that are in it are huge. Like I have Cheryl Lee Ralph in it. That's the classic legendary actress from Sister Act to Moesha. She's just incredible. She's legendary. Then I have Zaria Shugs, who is definitely blossoming, up and coming, Oscar winning actress after the Two Distant Strangers short film that she was um, a lead in she played the role of Perry and that popped off and they ended up getting it picked up on Netflix so the actresses are no joke the execution is no joke like they really really told my story and I feel so blessed that they did it because they believe in me and the idea that I had no other reason and it is like it was such a journey it took me three years to ultimately release that project and a lot of tumultuous experiences with, you know, the people that I worked with, but ultimately we pushed through it and we put out a product that I was proud of. It didn't, I had a first version of it that was like terrible. And then I got a new job. I work in, you know, social media video production. And so I learned a lot at the company that I worked at. And then I learned how to tell a story through editing 
that I didn't know how to do a year prior. So I ended up re-editing the project and then finally releasing it. So it took a while for me to get to a point where I felt comfortable because, you know, there's three stories. There's a story, there's a script that you write, then there's what you get to shoot on the, on the set, and then there's another story in the editing room. Like you can get a completely different thing out of that. So I had to learn how to use the footage I had to tell the story I wanted. And I feel proud of myself for that because I do believe that it was entertaining and the feedback was all positive. Like nobody really, everyone laughed. I even premiered it in West Africa, not premiered it, excuse me. I screened it because it wasn't the first time it had been shown, but I screened it in Togo with um, a bunch of artists and they were cracking up laughing. And so that felt really good to me because I've realized, you know, people understand what I'm trying to say. And not only that, but they're enjoying it. So I definitely got lots of DMs and text messages. I got lots of when's the next episode, can't wait, and shout outs and web series and web series and web series. I'm like, y'all, it's a proof of concept. It's a proof. It is not going to be ongoing unless you continue to support this brand uh, so that I can be able to afford to make it ongoing. But I'm glad that nearly 100% of the response is that people want more of it. So anyone that got that paper like that, that's listening, hit my line. I just have a Gmail email. I don't have a at kdn.com right now, <laughs> but hit my line. Um, so yeah, the response was incredible and I feel really, really, really good about it. Oh, I love to hear that. Not that I'm shocked about it. Um, for anyone that maybe is new to following you, um, what would you say was different about um, filming bags and working on bags than it was to your, you know, your first web series, Struggle Bus? Girl, <laughs> don't ever say Struggle Bus in my presence. I'm like freaking out that I'm like triggered. No, just kidding. So Struggle Bus came out in 2014, y'all. We're in 2021. So just keep that in mind if you ever YouTube this before you start judging me. It wasn't bad, Katie. It was not bad. It was, it was 2014. You were in college. It was good for its time. Thank you. I think it was it was it was it was a three season web series, which is also a big deal. Um, and it was just an opportunity for students on the campus to explore their skills in film, acting, uh, producing. I was essentially the sole writer. I think the first episode or the first two episodes were um, written with my co-creator at the time, but he ended up graduating after that first season. So the season two and season three were just my writing. And it was, you know, I was learning from Black and Sexy TV. I was learning from Issa Rae's um, Awkward Black Girl. YouTube series were popping. Like scripted content on YouTube was popping at the time. So I wanted to do that as well. And I think it was definitely an incredible, um, journey for its time i mean there was no budget though like at we had like the budget is more than 10 times that for bags like we had and I'm, i don't want to say numbers because i'll be embarrassed but we really just 
You <laughs> act like you weren't in college. <laughs> you act like you were like some 40-year-old lady that should have been like having hella money. Like you guys were in college. You, it looked, for it to be a college production, it was, it was good. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we so we just got enough fun, like money in a GoFundMe to to buy a T3i camera and a tripod, and that's literally all we had. And we just shot every room in the campus that people would let us in. Like we just, I mean, luckily we did have a campus, so we had a free set all the time and we had free transportation we were just utilizing everything that the college offered um so the difference between that and bags is bags was real money bags was a red camera bags had a legitimate dp gaffer audio you know you have a-list actresses you have you know um real producers like it was just a professional project literally and it was a three-day shoot um, we shot actually the week of my birthday, um, and I just treated it like a birthday gift to myself. Um, but it was just my first professional project as an executive producer, whereas Struggle Bus was my first project, period. <laughs> Looking back, do, are you like patting yourself on the back to see the journey from Struggle Bus to Bags? I mean, that's a... 2014 to you let it did it premiere 2020 it was before 2021 it came bags came out so i mean that transformation is you need to be like yes girl yes it's true it took so long film takes a really really long time so that gap is huge but i am proud of that leap because it's like damn that's only project two in my book so project three is you're still very young so <laughs> i i wrote for my birthday this year i was like i'm at the age where i don't tell y'all where what age i'm at i saw that but i saw a post the other day i don't know if it was twitter or on instagram or maybe like a tweet that someone stole and then posted it on instagram and you know people love to do that um but <laughs> it it said how let's how we grew our generation definitely grew up thinking like if you weren't where you were by 30 then like you you're failing and it's like no not at all it's total it's the total opposite it's it's not called 30 and thriving for no reason it's because that's when like you've kind of made people still make mistakes at 30 people make mistakes every day but i feel like your 20s are definitely for to go through all these different changes all these mistakes and then for 30 for you to try and like get your dreams and make them happen and then 40 is to still be doing the same thing but also enjoy it and have that stability ideally but you know what to be honest with you i'm trying to fight all of that like i'm just trying to not associate myself with timelines of the general population because i don't like none of y'all anyway like i don't i find it <laughs> insane insane and I did a podcast about it maybe like a, a month ago where I was like ranting and going off and I was just like who made up this timeline who I know it's a man but who so I can find him it's just ridiculous and especially I think as women 
and especially black women, our timelines that we've given ourselves are very short, whether it be work-wise, relationship-wise, having children-wise, considering that we really only get to about 35 because our bodies just shrivel up and hate us. So I'm over making timelines and giving ourselves deadlines when if I gave myself a deadline to do this to, for video, I'm, I'm a year out. Like I've, but that's okay. You, it's like, it's, it's about enjoying the process and not putting hard dates on when things are supposed to be happening. It's, it's fine to have goals and that's not what we're saying at all, but it's putting that kind of pressure on yourself is so unhealthy. And honestly, what, who's it for? Like you literally have always been walking at your own pace. You've always been doing things based on your environment and what you're capable of. So it's like, why now do you have to be at a certain place because your peers are there? And I think that that's just a reflection of like feeling like there's a lack of independence and identity awareness in our community that makes people feel like they need to associate themselves with the next person's accomplishment and they need to keep up with that. And it's like, you're just not them. Yeah, it just is what it is. Is there anyone, I know you mentioned Issa Rae and things like that, but is there, obviously you're you and you can never be anyone else, but in your mind, is there like someone that you aspire to either get to or kind of go over like that you were like, I like what you did. I saw what you did. I'm doing my own thing, but the path that you went on and the way you went about it is inspiring to me. Definitely, um, which I definitely think is healthy as well. It's just about making sure that you're looking at it from 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 a good perspective. But I definitely have women that I admire. I do consistently get compared to Issa Rae, and I'm not going to take that as an insult. I mean, I personally don't want the same career as her, um, but I definitely admire what she's done. But who I really um, prefer career-wise to watch is like Michaela Cole. She's an actress from the UK. I, she made I May Destroy You and Chewing Gum. She's on Black Earth Rising and some Black Mirror episodes. Like she just has really powerful messages in the works that she does. And she also writes and produces a lot of her own content. And that's important to me. I don't think my brain stops. Like I can't just be an actress. I think that's going to be my main source of, or my main, my main way of being recognized. But I always want to be an actress and a writer and a producer and tell the stories that are important to me. If I don't get casted in that story, I want to at least be having it made on my own terms and, and do it that way. So I really like her um, as a storyteller, I think that she's extremely talented. So while I don't watch her crazy closely, cause I'm just not that type of person. Like I really don't buy into other people's situations. I really just pay attention to myself, but I do admire Michaela Cole the most. Oh, I love her stuff. It's so good. But I, I can see that being more your realm because it's like comedy, but the message behind it is so much more than the joke. You know what I mean? 
Yes, definitely. Yeah, because I just, I'm not sitcom-y. I'm not that, like, I'm not awkward. I'm a little awkward, but I'm not Issa Rae. You know what I mean? So I just feel like, and and, and I'm not Michaela Cole either, but um, I just think that the-, the- No, no, but I, I, I get what you're saying, where it's the message that you're giving out is a lot different. Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm very excited, you know, for my career. I mean, like, I'm already in it. And um, the reason, another reason really that I created Bags is because A, I'm an actress, I need multiple streams of income. B, I need to have my own business. I live in LA, quit playing. C, you know what I mean? I, I, I need to give people an opportunity to support me because as I continue to grow and, you know, people, you know, watch me on television, watch me in films, they're going to be like, oh, they're going to, you know, look further into who I am. And then they're going to see, oh, she cares about the Black American female community. She cares about, you know, uplifting each other. She cares about these particular messages. Like, let me support that, um, not only for her, but for that community in general. So I want to, like, create a platform for that. And you have. Um, What does it mean to you that, one, you are a Black woman, and you've now created a forum and a basically a lifestyle brand for Black women? It's interesting. I feel empowered because it's like I'm finally working on a brand that it's like, while I'm not the single spokesperson for Black women, and I'm not trying to be, at least I can say, like, you can't take me out of my skin. At the end of the day, I am who I am and I have a right to speak for this community from my perspective because I definitely experienced it and that can never be taken away from me. So it's exciting to have a platform that's so closely related to my identity. Um, There are certain opinions that I have that to this day I haven't expressed yet because I feel like we just as a community aren't necessarily in a place where certain things are ready to be heard. But I'm finding that it's important to be that person that says it anyway because if not you, then who you're just going to be like, either you're either going to be the leader, you're going to be the sheep. So I'm going to start saying that the things that are in my opinion, important to be said, like, for example, maybe y'all should stop wearing European women's hair. But I mean, I don't know. (laughs) And listen, I've done it before too. So yeah, own pace. I'm not, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I realize the issue with it. And that's something that I think about. I think about people's issue with skin tone. I think about people's issue with their natural hair. I think about people's issue with black, um, black men and black, black men and women in relationships, like all those things that we don't want to address because it's so touchy, touchy, touchy. But realistically, it's a result of colonialism. It's a result of slavery. It's a result of people making you feel insecure about yourself. They ain't ready. They ain't ready. Um, oh, this is perfect. I'm glad you said this because this was my next question. <laughs> what did I say? I said we vibe off of each other. Okay. We see each other. Uh, <laughs> my next question for you, and I was going to say, Katie, if you don't want to answer it, you do not have to. So, you know me being me. I'm light skinned, but I hate light skinned people. Um, but because they MS and we can't be trusted. But I can, but not the rest of them. So my question was for you. And again, you don't have to answer it, but I know you will. I hope you will. For when you, this, the first scene of In Bags with you and then the other character who slammed the door in your face, 
was that also underlining of colorism? Wow, okay, good question. You know what? I, it wasn't a conscious effort to speak on colorism, but in a way, I think it was subconscious. I'll admit that because I wanted her to be essentially received as opposite of me. You know, mm-hmm. I think that Zaria definitely is. Um, and I definitely wanted someone who felt like that stereotypical, like Hillary Banks energy. Passing. Um, and yeah, like not, yeah, right. Yeah, essentially, yes. Like looking, like, like people put this version of Black women on a pedestal and they get this certain type of reception and this certain type of lifestyle. And then they start to treat other women who may be either darker skin tone or more, you know, Afro like presenting, you know, in a certain light. And I think that conversation is important. Um, so, yeah, I did consciously cast her that way. I definitely consciously casted somebody who would be received as very different from me, but we are definitely both black women. And it's definitely no shade at that actress because she, if you don't follow her already, absolutely you should because she's um, an advocate for so many underrepresented communities and she expresses her voice so eloquently. It's incredible um, that she puts herself out there in that way because it is hard to express and mm-hmm. talk conversations but yes definitely and I'm glad that you peeped that yeah you know I did (laughs) but it's and I don't see but also like maybe other lights can people be offended I wasn't I took it and I was like oh yes because that is one the way if we're being honest we have been taught to handle each other it just is I mean, you treat, it's like light-skinned women are treated as more feminine. They're treated as more attractive. They're treated as more delicate. They're associated more so with white women. They're close to a white woman. Well, it's like, I always used to get offended when people would come up to me and be like, what do you mix with? You have to be mixed. Why Why do I, why do I have to be mixed? Even though that I am. But that's regardless of the point. It's like, why do I have to? Like, how are you going to come up to me and tell me that I have to be mixed because I am light skin and my hair is blown out and silky? So Not- I would be like, but I would always be like, I'm black. I know I'm just black. Like, if you come up to me with that, I refuse to say that I am mixed. I will say that no, I'm black because now you're offending me because I have family members that look exactly like me and they're actually not mixed. Girl, and I, I, well, I am brown skin. I don't look mixed or, you know, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. What I've received, because there's pretty privilege, there's light skin privilege, there's all those kind of things. I've received like a brown skin privilege. I think I do get that because I'm like in, in some West African communities, like I'm more of a light skin person because of how dark mm-hmm. People are, and I have African family, West African family members, and also I'm half Jamaican. And a lot of African people would be like, Oh, like you look African, but you look mixed. Like, I get I don't get the white mixed, but I get the Caribbean mixed and the Caribbean fetishization. Um, so I, I experienced that type of um being put on a pedestal and things like that. And and I have to defend, I'm like, Listen. The reason that you think that I'm beautiful is because I'm a black African woman. 
and it has nothing to do with any other feature or drop of anything else in my body that makes me mm-hmm. any better than the next person. So just make sure you understand that first, because it's exactly you. Ultimately, we, we know where they're coming from when they come with us with this backhanded ass compliment. And you feel like you have to stand yeah. up for the rest of the yeah. black girls. Like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> and it's like you think that because, like I said, that I'm like one of those because the in my side, sub side, which is I think the light skin community is like the light skin community is like a sub side community of black community where you have those few girls that are like, yeah, of course obviously like yes i am mixed it's like girl with shut up stupid you're mixed with stupid because that's what you are you're stupid it's a shame that people sometimes whole identify identity is wrapped around um their ability to make somebody else feel less than in their community or their opportunity to because of how people are receiving them because of how close they are to feeling more western and european like that's just it's so sad to me. And I did another, I think I was talking about Meghan Markle. And I said how in the interview that they, her and Harry did with Oprah. And I, again, I don't know her personally, even though I think that I do, but it seemed like when they were talking about the, the racism that they have received, I get why Harry was shocked because he's white, but it also seemed like Meghan was very shocked and like was like oh of the racism and i had said again i don't have a white even though i am mixed i don't have a white parent and i definitely grew up in a black household and i was never raised to think i was anything other than black i don't know and it made me kind of think like maybe megan you know maybe they were it's like you're half white you're half black where it's like no you're just black that might be like what's your in your inside but that doesn't matter when you are out in the real world. And that biracial experience is really something. And it's difficult. I'm not coming for those people because I can only imagine the, what they have to go. We all have what we go through, but it, it also is up to how you were raised. And if you don't prepare your children, now she's a full grown adult and she's grabbing her pearls because she doesn't understand how pe- why people are calling her monkeys and things like this because she's never had to deal with anything like that and doesn't associate herself with that. And I'm trying to remember who I had this conversation with where it was like, people were like, why is she acting surprised? Like, girl, come on. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, but I had to think about it because I guess I was thinking like, oh, I'm light skinned, but, but I'm like, technically I didn't grow up in a home you know, I grew up with two black parents and there was never any, yes, like behind them, they have parents that are other cultures, but how I was brought up, just you're black. That's it, nothing else. There was no, I was never confused. And that is, you know, your experience. I think that if somebody does have a white parent, I think it is hard. It is hard like you know disassociate yourself especially if you're being raised by that person to just not be you know considered white i i mean that's a whole other episode it mm-hmm. was a whole other episode it's a deeper conversation that i think you just said like people are scared to have and there's not a right or a wrong it's just life 
You know, it's, it's, it's really all a reflection of the way that society defines people and then how people mm-hmm. have to either defend themselves or react to that. Because like, if we didn't have that brown paper bag rule, or if we didn't have that one drop rule, then maybe, yeah, people would show up and be like, I am this and that and this and that. But now people are just like, I just have to be black because even though I have a little bit of this in me and I have a little bit of that in me, nobody's, nobody can see it because the black is dominant. And so now I can't even associate myself with that because then I hate myself or then I hate black people or then whatever the narrative is going to be that they have to, you know, deal with. So I think it's just a reflection of reaction. It's like, it's just a reaction to the way that our society has brought up the black and white conversation so yeah it's I mean listen I mean I know I feel I think I posted on the Jainolaism page when we were talking about like Asian Americans and I was like you know I don't speak out about this enough and that's my issue being that even though I don't know and I should do more research because at the end of the day I am it's a part of me I don't know much about it but Somewhere down the line, I have family members, even though I don't know them and don't talk to them. So the same way I post about Black Lives Matter 24-7, I need to do the same for Asian Americans. I can't just be like, well, I don't really know nothing about them, niggas, so whatever. Like, and it's what it is. You know, it's... it's I mean, it's, you, it's wrong. And it was something that I sat with for a little bit. And I have to do the same way I was preaching to everybody last summer to do their research about you know, black culture and what things go to, I had to now do my research. Yeah, because the Asian community has definitely had had a journey as well. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't like comparing communities. I don't know why we're doing that all of a sudden. <laughs> but um, yeah, they mm-hmm. definitely they definitely have a history and they are not white people. But mm-hmm. back, you could think that they were white. Well, and I think they also go through the same that we that we explained about light skinned people. Mm-hmm. They get a certain type of privilege in this community because mm-hmm. just traditionally how we treat people as they become darker and darker and darker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I, w- I would love to unpack that. I would love to have an episode about you know you need to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, important. I personally also have a Chinese family member. I have We talked about this. Yep. Yeah. Grandfather that I never, I never met. I only met one grandparent in my entire life. Mm. Oh, same. uh, Yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely African and I don't think that they raise anybody really in my family, but you know, there's a lot of Chinese people in the world and they are in a lot of Caribbean islands and they're in West Africa and they are having sex with black people. And that is creating a lot of Blasian people that are not necessarily Asian aware, like they're not aware of that, their culture in that way. So um, unpacking that would be very, very interesting. But, you know, as the world continues to spin, we're going to get a lot of mixed people. We're all going to be mutts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And no, it's not a lie. And, you know, well. And that's, it's what a lot of people want too. You know, you have those, some people that thrive off of wanting a mixed child and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're picking your mate, mostly because you want them to look like Northwest, it's like, and it it makes me feel the wrong way. It's definitely because you have to, what you have to do is get to the root of this. Like, why would you specifically want someone like your offspring to be a certain race you have to think about 
Well, my thing is you want them to be a certain race, but you don't want to do the work that it takes to understand the race. And now what your child will have to go through. That is, don't get me preaching on a Saturday. I mean, on a Friday, I don't even know what day it is. Because now we can talk about the Kardashians if we want to. I have nothing but time. Uh, First of all, I don't have time. I want to eat cereal. No, but I mean, we know that you will be back on my platform and we can always my platform is for the mess yours is for education <laughs> literally literally we just spin it we talk about the same stuff but we spin the spin perspective <laughs> so, you know we could do we could do another combined episode where you we talk about you know those things and then we switch it on over and we come over to me for the mess i'm fine with that i'm 100 percent with that i i love these conversations um but on that note, I feel like I'm so glad that you asked me about bags in that way because I don't feel like I've gotten a chance to really express those responses and if yeah. they're good. Um, and hopefully it'll give people more understanding of like where I'm coming from, literally from my history as a creative and also where I'm coming from as far as what you know I want to happen for the bags platform and what i am working on yeah i can't wait um bags is amazing it's an amazing platform if you don't follow it you need to um because the content that it is putting out is just i learn look it it just and there's nothing wrong with saying that you know what i mean like that you're following someone, you know, people follow me to learn about celebrities. You follow Katie. To, it's nothing wrong with following things just so you are in, you know, what's going on in the world. Cause we all have a lot going on. You don't have time to read your, the news and things like that, or honestly watching the news is exhausting. So to follow good uh, social media platforms to get that quick content, that's what we're here for. That's the point. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and it's really important for people, to, for, for me, for people to learn about their history and feel more confident and sure about who they are as an individual and not feel like they need to show up um, in a certain version of themselves because of what American culture has pushed on us. That's what bags is. But please, Jasmine, tell us where we can follow you. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at jnolaism. I'll spell it if some of you are a little slow. It's okay. We love you anyway. J-N-O-L-A-I-S-M. Um, and we also are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but the link is in the Instagram. So just follow the Instagram and you'll be able to find everything. Instagram has all your needs, even though they mess up the algorithm. Literally, it's really that simple. You can get everything that you need from us from getting onto our Instagram accounts we thank you for listening we do this for you all and we do it for ourselves it's right. therapeutic it's do it for everybody yeah <laughs> any last thoughts from you jasmine um just katie thank you uh for doing this for interviewing me and being open and letting me interview you and for creating your platform for all of us who need it because we need to learn and some of us are a little slow some of us don't want to, you know, read books. Some of us don't want to Google and do the work. And you've made it very easy for people to learn more while also giving it a twist of fun to your page. Um, so I can't wait to see where Bags goes. Um, I'm very excited. I know that even though you are changing the name, that it will be a series. I'm speaking that out in. Maybe it will be on a Tyler Perry studio in Atlanta. I have no idea, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying. 
those are my feelings and I just want to be honest so as long as Tyler doesn't write the whole rest of the script as long as he lets no, me we don't want him to write anything we just want to use the studio we Can just want to I want to let me let me let me fix that I just want to use the studio <laughs> I will pay but we don't need your help in any other way thank you for your work though appreciate you Tyler thank we appreciate you thank you play the music play the music Okay, you're right. Ain't nobody gonna stop us.